Well, wait till she's ready. <laughs> uh, too late. I mean, we can cut the parts that she doesn't feel ready, right? I, I guess so. Yeah. Ready. Like okay. it's easier this way because, like, we can get really deep into it. And I know you and I, we both might get distracted. Okay. And just like we've talked for a good half an hour and we're like, oh shit, we didn't record any of that. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'd get distracted. Hey, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Try to put us in the same boat. it's a good boat yeah it's a cute boat into the deep into the deep into the blue actually into the blue yes i'm worried i uh the deep isn't that that other movie about sharks though it is it is like imagine blue sea deep blue sea which is a fantastic movie (laughs) i imagine getting the name of your own podcast wrong (laughs) yeah man it's friday okay this is gonna sound bad i don't even know the name of your podcast because it hasn't it's not out yet (laughs) okay i was like i don't know if i'm even allowed to be a friend of the show if i don't know what the show is oh of course (laughs) you're like googling trying to like research like what am i getting myself into it doesn't exist do they actually have a podcast they just want to like talk to me you don't have to lie, guys. <laughs> we just want friends. That's all. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, goodness. This is how Vanessa and I make friends. Now, Into the Blue is this concept that we just kind of came up with. Like, it's the first podcast we did together. And we just connected over the fact that... On your it, podcast. Yeah, on, your our, podcast. yeah on, on Majoring Winners. And we just connected over the fact that, like, Jessica Alba looked great in Into the Blue. Mm-hmm. The movie mm-hmm. and uh that's it like that that's basically started of, my fitness yeah. journey <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kind of started started this journey. whole thing have you seen it matt no i have not to be honest um i don't watch a lot of movies mm-hmm. but that's not because i don't think they're great it's just i find it hard to commit to like one thing for two hours of my life which is funny because i love watching shows which in reality are a much longer time commitment than a movie yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're like 20 yeah. episodes in you're like oh, yes. <laughs> but i think it's the like you can watch the shows full knowing fully well that you could stop whenever you wanted and it's not yeah. a commitment but you just choose to be committed to it whereas like a movie you have to finish the movie mm. that's right? a good point yeah that is a good point i'm sure there's like a fitness analogy in there somewhere Yes. Yeah, like, about commitment and consistency. And training and, and program, right? <laughs> you could just look at the program in like a small portion of it. This week was worse than last week. Yeah. This week wasn't as great as the other week. But then like if you look at the program in like I can ch- take this as a loss or I can take this as a win. That the fact that like, yeah, I, I had like some shit happening to me. Now I've come back. I'm tr- I'm training. And you know what? One step back, two steps forward. And then the next two weeks, I'll, I'll just go back to where I wasn't even further. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that works, but I tried. I tried. Hey, you did better than I did because you tried. Yeah. I love that what you said, though, about like things not going your way or like things feeling a little rough one week. And like there's a certain, uh, I guess, training age that you get to where you're like, okay. That's just what that was. <laughs> like, just yeah. leave it at the gym. 
that's it, you know, but like years ago, I would do the same thing, kind of what you're talking about of just, I'd be like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, like I would take it so personally and be like, oh my God. But even like, it, it's cool to be like, okay, I didn't get a great sleep or I traveled or like whatever, or I was sick. So like, that makes sense. But I also used to do that in such a like worse way where I was like, what was it? You know, I would just like dig through like the last like four days of my life and be like, what caused this? And mm -hmm. like, but it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just a day. It sucks. And I love like communicating this stuff because I think this is what like non-gym people don't understand. And so when they start working out for the first time, if like a workout feels kind of shitty, they're like, screw it. What's the point? I'm not good at this anyways. You know, but it's like, no, no, no. A lot of us aren't good at it. Like most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, especially like because beginners, they make progress really fast, right? Mm. So they're, they can they get, if they, they stick can. to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like they get like because I, I deal with this with a bunch of my clients, like they're making, they're making progress, making progress, making progress and like just riding that high and suddenly like they hit a plateau and stuff or like they just haven't like they haven't slept well, like especially now, like I have a lot of students and it's like exam time. Mm -hmm. So they're all really stressed, right? And like some lifts are not going up anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas they were like, oh, well, last week I went up like this week, why can't I? And I was just like, listen, there is this thing that's like, a, it's a pressure cooker of a university and a degree that like kind of you've been led to believe that dictates the rest of your life. If you're not worried about that, like I would be worried. So just take this and you're mm -hmm. still progressing. You're still in the gym. Like most people even like, I think like when it comes to studies, they just stop training, right? Mm -hmm. They just go and like study, study, study. Whereas like rate of diminishing returns, the more you put into that, like you could have eight hours of studies, but your productivity is like at 60%. Whereas like if you did four hours of studies, but like had breaks in between and stuff like that and did things that your body likes or like you like, then your productivity would be higher. And I, I would value that over the eight hours. Like it's not about quantity, right? Mm -hmm. Quality, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Sometimes not even quality though. <laughs> so yeah. this is a shit workout. It's like, it's like this up done. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like very often I'm like, I just got that done. <laughs> nothing more, yeah. nothing less. I'm done now. Peace out, Jim. Peace out. You know, that so wasn't my best work. <laughs> but I did it, you know. It, yeah. Cause like again, quantity, like that's why I like the word quantity. And I might not say quality as much because sometimes we get too attached to numbers. I always tell my clients, like, I don't have a bouncer in my head that just, like, has one of these tickers and be like, three sets of squat at 60%. Like, it's not counting it. Your body just realize, like, your body just goes through stress and stimulation and then it adapts. So, like, as long as you can create that to a certain extent, you don't need to, like, we use numbers to kind of track progress, mm -hmm. but the numbers are not the driving force, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, like, to auto-regulate your training, you can just, like, I'm not saying all the time, but like, as you said, like maybe Mads came back from like, you know, being weak, being weak, sorry, being ill, I'm feeling weak. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> all right. Mon is wanting to fight Ooh. today. <laughs> Just looking Telling like Gollum when I stepped in the gym. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm I just sorry. met you, Mads, but how dare you, Mahan? I'm sorry. I'm on Mads' I'm... side. Colin <laughs> <laughs> Chick's weak. My God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, she was <laughs> ill, so she might feel weak. And that's her perception. She's not weak. I don't know. Say this right now. <laughs> that... <laughs> that was great. Well, you're weak. So, what a, yeah, what a sleep. Um, <laughs> But then, yeah, she could just like get in and just like look at her program and then just go through the modality of like, all right, I don't feel like doing this and this and this because like it just feels like 
crap either you do it and like you just don't worry about the numbers and you just get like it's as you said just get it done or go out or like literally you can just like shift through modalities pick an exercise that is like it doesn't need you to think much because like you know again the brain is involved like especially if you come in and with that perception of not feeling great and just send it like once i just got on a leg on a leg extension for 15 minutes and on the minute every minute i just did quad extensions just like and then (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) it's the worst thing ever but that was my quad day and i had like so many other exercises that i just couldn't i don't feel like doing much like i do hurt myself yeah i was just like (laughs) this doesn't need thinking i can just do it until my legs are falling off and then i came Mm -hmm. back next week and like the numbers are meant to hit i hit them easily right so like Mm -hmm. that change like your body doesn't actually count reps and sets or like your body doesn't yeah. think about it of like it doesn't see that program the same thing that we, our body doesn't see days like you know we're so now this is going to sound hippy dippy but like we're so like locked into this idea of a seven day week and sometimes yeah. training yeah. even follows a seven day week whereas like no training should follow its own cycles yeah, but yeah time right. is a construct exactly <laughs> didn't want to say that. i get excited when you say i'm hippy dippy i'm like yeah let's go <laughs> i'd love that i try to control myself and like vanessa's like poking like no go go there what's your sign uh what's your sign mads what's your star sign i you know? am a libra oh love that love a libra um yeah i mean right i don't i don't you love balance I, I do love you balance to love a degree. Balance. Mm-hmm. To a degree, I think balance has a place within things. But um, I'm also in the camp that believes if you have balance, true balance, then you're not really focusing on one thing to get good at, to better yourself oh. at. Interesting. Um, and it's like, I guess another way of saying you're spreading your butter over many slices of bread, which is not a bad thing, but I, I think in though. certain contexts, you have to look at it and say, okay, well, other things need to go on the back burner so I can focus on one thing right now, because that's what's important in my life right now to me. So I do love balance, mm-hmm. but I think that there is a time and place for balance. So like the jack of all trades, master of none thing, like if you're if you've yeah. got your hand in everything, then you're, you're not going to be focused and great mm-hmm. at w- w- one thing, one or two things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Love that. What are you a master of? <laughs> oh, yikes. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll call you what I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, or what do you have? What, what are your pieces of bread right now? Like, what are your main pieces of bread that you've got your butter on right now? I love um, that analogy. <laughs> um, well, I guess this kind of leads well into kind of what you wanted to talk about today. Um, my my pieces of bread that I'm focusing on right now would be my health, um, primarily. That's the big one. Um, yeah, just through a series of circumstances and life decisions I ended up in a place where it was pretty compromised Mm -hmm. um and so I've been working over the past seven eight months with um a coach specifically on nutrition also training as well um and my my biggest dream in life and I know some people out there 
might not find this the most attractive glitzy dream, but has always been to be a mom um, and to raise children and to, um, yeah, just have children, be a mother, pour into another human's life and just raise it well. Um, and when I lost my period um, due to dieting and exercise habits, um, it became very apparent to me that I was putting my biggest dream in jeopardy because obviously a woman's menstrual cycle is a sign of fertility and that your hormones are in balance and that you're able to produce life and of course care for yourself. Um, so it's been through this journey of working with um, my coach at Coach James Mack <laughs> that. Um, that we're kind of going through and untangling all of the things behind why I lost my period in the first place and working towards um, getting that back. Obviously, it's not an overnight thing because I didn't get there overnight, but we are moving in the right direction. So that's my main piece of bread right now is my, my health. Um, and of course, there are a lot of things under that umbrella term. There's the nutrition and diet, and then there's the training, there's exercise, there's stress, there's, um, yeah, what are you doing for work? How are you looking at your mental health, your emotional health, your physical, everything? So I'd say that's my main piece of bread right now. Mm. Love that. Uh, Mads, if you're comfortable with it, as far like as much as you are comfortable with it, I don't want you to get too deep in it. But like, how is that untangling process of like kind of figuring out how? I just heard a bong. <laughs> yeah, that's. That was like... <laughs> I was like, wow, someone just agreed with my question so much that they rang a bong. Um, yeah, so like, what's bong is something different over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh i was like doesn't sound no. like a bomb but like, <laughs> I know, a gong yeah a gong sorry did yeah. i say bong yeah that's oh, okay that's, a, that's a english <laughs> that's the brown in me i was making mistakes like this a gong sorry because <laughs> anybody can smoke a bong on our podcast yeah it's, it's actually what was that untangling process as far as you're comfortable to talk about it yeah hmm um like the mental side of things or that, yeah kind of like step by step because you said like I, what i liked was like you said like it didn't go it didn't happen overnight and it's not going to be fixed overnight so like if you're untangling it right now like what were the steps or stages that got you to that point and like what have you recognized now and uh, what are the steps that you're taking to come back mm. i think like all good things that happen to us in our adulthood when we look back it all stems from childhood trauma or per perceived trauma really um and it's like how how did we cope or deal with things that happened to us in our younger years that shaped our um decision making processes as we get older I think that would be like it all stemmed from a younger age. And like, when I look back now, I see in myself when I was younger, like very similar patterns um, and behaviors. And so it's just like, I don't know if we ever like 
move past things fully, but it's like we get better at objectively looking at things. So it's like, I still, my instant reaction when something happens to me or like when I look at my body, for example, I'll just give a stop talking hypotheticals. Like when I look in the mirror and I have a bad body image day or a poor body image day and I say, I don't like what I see. There's that, that feeling of like shame and disgust. And like, I, I, I don't want to be with myself right now. How can I escape? And then it's like, I run, I want to run away from that feeling. And so like behaviors that I used to run to would be like, okay, I'm going to drink. I'm going to use drugs. I'm going to binge. I'm going to purge. Like I'm going to go run 15 kilometers because like, that's the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Like, um, and it's like, I still have those knee jerk reactions of like, oh, I don't like my body. I'm, I'm going to track food and not actually eat it today. I'm going to like lie to everyone or I'm going to go run and I'm not supposed to, or like, it's that still, it's that knee jerk. Oh, I'm going to solve my problem by doing this thing that makes me feel a little bit better and in control. Cause that's like, that's all we ever really want is like control. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I can pause. I can say, no, wait, that's not actually going to help me because I've done those things and I've experienced that they don't actually help me. And then I can look around and see what has helped me and maybe choose something that's going to be a little bit healthier for me in the moment. Like, okay, like I don't feel like eating a big meal right now because I don't like the way I look. Maybe I'll eat something light and I'll work my way into the rest of my food later. Or like, you know what? I'm not supposed to run, but I can go for a walk. And like, so it's just recognizing the thought patterns that lead me down a bad road and hopefully intervening before I get somewhere that I need to be reeled in from. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's like the only way out is through that quote, right? Because it's like, it really does just take practice and experiencing it. Unfortunately, you have to experience it like so many times to the point where you're like, okay, I recognize this now. Like, or you can see the signs or with anything in life, you know, it's just like those, like whether it's a trigger or whether it's just like, uh, oh, there's that thought again, or there's that behavior again. Okay. Like now I'm going to pin it and see if I can like do something around it or like exactly what you're saying. Right. But like the only way to get there is to repeatedly be in that, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Practice makes better. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like it's kind of like the conversation like Vanessa and I had about even addiction. I never, I, I always say like, I don't think addiction fully goes away. Just, I, I've actually had it with Mads as well. Like you, you're always just managing it. So this mm-hmm. is the same thing. Like you're always just like, you can never fully drop it, but it's just like those small, small decisions that help you manage it at every mm-hmm. given time. Yeah. It's one of those things too. I feel like once you like accept that this might just be a part of your life, And whether we're talking, I'm not necessarily talking about your situation, but I feel like it relates and you can tell me if it doesn't, but just like, I've had this in therapy before where I'm like, ah, I'm just like, damn, I'm like, go, this is happening again. It's, it's, I'm, I'm feeling this again. It's I'm going through it again. And my therapist often reminds me like, um, this might just be a thing. This might just be a part of you and a part of your life, you know? And that sounds like from the outside, it sounds very negative and like, oh no, but it actually like it gives you a lot of like freedom because it's like, okay, I can relax. I can stop trying to like micromanage this thing or like solve it or like, 
do away with it. Like the goal isn't to like erase it. The goal is to learn how to live with it. Cause it might just be something that you got to live with, you know? And for some reason that's like very freeing and it like lets you off the hook a little bit. Can I just, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I would also just maybe like to bring up a conversation that I know I've had with some other people and I'd be interested to hear your takes on it. Um, totally. I think like the way I like to look at my, uh, my vices, if you will, or my addictive behaviors or things that are possibly negative labels in my life, I like to personify them more as shadows um, because I do have a bit of an issue with this thing I see coming up in this industry, if you will, like the health and fitness industry. Um, a lot of people on social media are starting to really identify with these labels. Um, and I think there is grave danger in that. What um, kind of labels, if you don't mind me? Um, like, for example, like the eating disorder topic has become very prevalent. And I think we can look at it a few different ways. We can say, oh, this is amazing. It's gaining a lot of traction. People are starting to look at it, talk about it more. And it's becoming more socially, people are becoming more aware. Mm -hmm. But then I also see um, other people who are, are really struggling to disassociate themselves from their behaviors. Um, and I'll give a little background on myself as well. So I, um, I went through a period of time in my late adolescence, early adulthood, where I was um, heavily reliant on drugs and alcohol. Um, and, and part of that journey for me in getting sober was going to AA meetings. Um, and I, I noticed something when I was in the rooms there. Um, and I would notice that people seem to have swapped out their alcohol addiction for an AA addiction. Um, and what I mean by that is that like they didn't know how to function without going to a meeting every day um, for 60 years where they just talk about their alcoholism and this problem that was in their life. And I don't have an issue with that so long as people can see that they are more than alcoholics. Like I don't still walk around saying, hi, my name is Maddie. I'm an alcoholic. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. and so circling back to the eating disorder thing like I would say like I have been clinically diagnosed with an eating disorder years ago um but like I don't look at myself and say I'm Maddie I'm a bulimic like I say oh you know what I have this shadow that follows me that takes on the form of eating disordered behaviors and when I'm not careful with my mental state and my emotional state and what's going on inside of me, these behaviors can take control easily. And so it's like, I find a lot of freedom by giving myself back the power that I was giving those addictions and vices in my life. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Totally. So I was just wondering, like you were talking about, yikes, where were we? Um, yeah, I was just talking. I was just wondering, like, what is your take on 
what you see now on social media. I don't know, you do work, you both work online as well. And I was wondering if that's something that you come up, like comes up with you and clients or like, like what is your perception of all of that? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think what, what I was saying before was a little bit more like of like, and uh, just accepting my shadows and they're different from everybody else's, but like accepting them has helped me quite a lot as opposed to like, I got to get rid of these or going to solve these, or I got to, I got to be Vanessa shadowless <laughs> Vanessa, you know, just being like, okay, I've got these things. They're here to stay with me. But, uh, and I don't know, maybe Mohan can give a better answer to your question. But what I was thinking when you were just saying that was, I know, um, a girl who works in trauma, she's a trauma informed yoga instructor. And she was saying the very same thing about trauma online. She's like, it's gotten so like hot and popular and people are throwing around like I can help you with your trauma or like my mm -hmm. program will you know and so she's like I love that it's become so much more popular because people are talking about it but I also hate it because now you know people are are uh, the lines are getting a little fuzzy you know so I think that's what I thought of when you were saying that yeah Mahan yeah. what do you think so I'm gonna <laughs> I totally agree with Matt's like and I'm gonna give the example of like not even um like the shadows can't even be just like, you know, um, it can't stem from trauma or anything else. It can also be just like, because I see it in the fitness industry. And I know uh, Jordan Shala li likes to tell this like joke a lot as well. Like, but people, and I see it with some people that I deal with, it's like now they're identifying as their injuries as well. Mm. Like people are just identifying as like, so I'm, for me, especially now, like before I was trying to diagnose everyone, especially like when you learn from all these like smart guys, like, Shout out Kyle Baxter. <laughs> At Bax Body by Baxter. Yeah, Body by Baxter. Yeah. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Baxter as well. At the Muscle Dog. Yeah, at yeah. the Muscle Dog. At all these smart people. James Mack, hashtag committed. Um, when you learn from them, like, then you like, it's your first reaction is to try to diagnose everything, right? And I just, like, I would see all, like, and it was new for me. So I would see all these things in my clients and I was just like trying to shine a light on it. I'd be like, oh, it, like, you know, this thing that you have, it's because of this or like, you know, your rib cage is rotated or blah, blah, blah. Like you know, just these things. And then I could real, like I could see them now starting to like literally define themselves as someone who can't like, I was like, Oh, well, because of this, you might not be like really good at benching. And then they're like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm bad at benching, like literally an <laughs> AA meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they start associating like and building their personality around this. So I'm very careful with it now. Right. Like if I bring something up, like, listen, everyone's like that and it's not like a like if we're all asymmetrical we might look symmetrical from outside but inside we're all fucked up it's all like all over the place so don't like this is just to inform you and like if i feel like someone will take that and just start using it as their personality uh, or like as their identity sorry like wear it like a badge then i i try to like not say that at all like you know bring them away from it so that's from a training perspective that i can see that and i can totally see that like as some people like in the fitness industry, uh, yeah, they are just as, like identifying it's just one thing, right? And mm -hmm. I really like Matt's idea of like it's a shadow, right? They can like take over, or like I'm thinking of like it's like a hacker, right? If your firewalls are down, like they can come in and like take over the computer and just do stuff, but then you just have to like keep those firewalls up again. Like NordVPN, <laughs> I don't know who used that. Uh, I've seen the ads. Yeah, seen the ads. So like, I, I really like the idea of shadows and I 100% agree with Mads. It's like some people start identifying themselves 
as just one problem. And I think that, like, I love the fact that these things are coming to light, but also same thing. Like, I, I'm not a really big fan of like people just identifying as one thing. Like, that's their defining uh, trait, character trait. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny though, because like the, the identity is kind of, this is kind of thinking about it in a different lens, but like, um, it's kind of like what gets you in the door, right? Like for those people, it's like, well, it might be like a better addiction to identify with somebody who goes to AA, you know, like it might be healthier for them, but you're right at a certain point, like that only takes you so far. Right. And, and then after that, you have to decide like, who am I? And I won't speak about addiction because I'm, um, I've never had that experience before. I've had, I've had my issues, but I've never been, um, you know, um, uh, designated as that. But uh, what I'm thinking of is like, when I first started going to the gym, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a gym girl now, you know, like I had to like, I had, cause I didn't believe that I could do any of it. So it was like, I started going with my friend who was a gym quote unquote gym girl had the clothes, knew what to do, you know? And so I, I bought the clothes. I went with her, learned what to do. And I was like, Hey, you're a gym girl. Now when you go this many times a week, and this is what we do now, you know, we eat chicken and we drink protein shakes and like all this stuff that I hadn't done. So like, I needed that identity to kind of get me in the door, but definitely during, it was during the pandemic, actually during the pandemic, everything. And I really started to heavily identify with being a trainer too. Once I became a trainer and started to like have more experience, I was like, I am a trainer, but then like, yeah, pandemic hit and some other things happened, but like everything kind of all went away. And I was like, who the fuck am I? You know, like I don't have the gym and I don't, I'm, I'm still a trainer, but I'm in my house training people. Like it was like, who am I? Who's Vanessa again? Like, what do I like? Like, it was like, I had to, and you could probably do that with relationships too. Right. You're mm. suddenly one day you're like, Oh my God, where did I go? You know? Cause you, you find this thing to like engulf yourself in, which is helpful. Sometimes it's helpful, but at a certain point you have to realize like, who am I without this thing? And can I still be like intact? You know, I don't know if that relates to any of that, but it's just like what popped into my head. No, thank you. I was like a boring friend and partner when I was trainer, Vanessa, you know, it was just like, I wasn't, I was obsessed with my work and my business and what I was doing. And, and it's great. Like, sounds great, you know, but like, Mm -hmm. it's like in the day I'm like, Oh, I gotta be me. And then that's what makes your life and your business better when you, find all the different degrees of you but yeah mm-hmm. did that did that flush that idea out for you at all or did that I know we took it in different directions but yeah no I was just thinking you you saying that kind of just reminded me of the balance thing we were just talking about and maybe maybe it's not so bad that people identify with these things because like you said like it could it could be worse probably <laughs> it might yeah. be so it's like at the end of the day, like if that's what they're putting their focus into and it's like, that's what's on the front burner, it makes sense that that's who, how they identify because that's what their focus is on because everything else is kind of in the background right now. And that's okay. I wasn't saying it's bad. I was just no. saying it's something I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. But also I'm sure I, again, tell me if I'm wrong, could like identifying as an addict be like a part of the, like the hold, you know, because it's like, well, this is who I am. And I don't know, you know, it's definitely not like a nature versus nurture conversation. Like I, I'm not going to, you know, pretend to know about that, but it's like, you know, I've, I think we've all been like kind of obsessive about certain things. Um, And I I just really don't want to butcher this because I'm, I haven't been in your experience Mm -hmm. with it, but you know, am I, 
where I want to make sure I'm like, I'm doing all right here. No, you, you are like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I think it's just the, like, they're both right. Cause there is like, and I think it's, I, I think of the idea of the dimmer switch, right? Like there is a bunch of different switches that you have those like different parts of your life. And like, you just have to balance. I, like that's in my head, that's balance is like balance is not all the switches at the same level mm. it's like the ones that you're focusing on are higher and then the other ones are down and you're just playing like a, i don't know or a dj you're just going up and down with all of that and like being able to manage that those dimmer switches that's what balances to me and i mm. get literally i totally get what matt says because like some people might have an addiction right and then instead of managing it they just replace the source right like they they're it's not necessarily that they worked on their addiction it's just that they've replaced it with something else right it's they, yeah it's just like <laughs> exactly they're just going all right i was addicted to this but now i'm addicted to the like you shouldn't be addicted to the action itself like just going to a aa meetings and like that's not the solution that's just like it's getting you through the door as you put it so eloquently so like but then there's more to do after that there's playing yeah. switches up and down right yeah you were yeah Vanessa too was um was saying there is a certain perhaps negative thing to uh, identifying as an addict and I I can really only speak from experience um yes for me there was a certain hold to identifying to like choose to walk into a door to say like this is who I am like I have this problem I'm scum of the earth. These are the things I've done to people. This is the shit that's happened to me. Like to relive that day in and day out was just not a productive thing for me. But I also know of people who it changes their life Mm -hmm. for a really good way. And for that, I have to say, you know what? To each their own, everyone's experience is different. And I hate sounding so just like, like you can't blanket statement this stuff right like because everyone's experience is so individualized to them as it should be because we're not cookie cutter people we can't expect that a cookie cutter program is going to work hence why you should hire a personal trainer because they'll make training programs for you at Mahan at Vanessa at Vanessa Maryland (laughs) two ends (laughs) but like it's exactly it right like what works for one person isn't going to necessarily work for another. So you were right in saying sometimes identifying one way is, is helpful. And other times it's not. Yeah. I like the dials thing. It's like, how high is that dial turned up? You know, like just kind of managing your dials a little bit. Hmm. Wild. It's crazy. Now, um, kind of to bring it back and also you can give him another sh- like shout out but because you did talk about personal trainers, like light, like I see train, like training and life, they're just reflections of one another because training is part of life and part like life is training. It's just like, they're both cycles. And you just, have, if you know how to do life, you know how to do training. And then like, if you do training enough and you see cycles in training, then you can like kind of pull that out and like kind of project it onto your life as well. And it follows always cycles. And as you said, like it, just like how train like there is no one perfect exercise for any person it's just it's about the personal trainer finding what works for that person mm-hmm. then like everything else as well like the, the the steps that mads takes are different from like how someone else would recover from it and like some people 
might find that like addiction to ANA. I want to say ANE for some reason, but AA meetings useful and some people might not find it useful. And it's just like, that's that's the human difference, right? And that's where a someone who can help guide you through and who can not tell you what dating is correct, but figure out what's correct for you, right? And that's where like, I want to know how has it been working with uh, hashtag committed James Mack? Like what have, what, what, what are some of the best or like things that stood out to you when you started working with a professional to help you get back on that, like get back on track or like, you know, fix the things that you, or work on things that you want to work on. Right. I just Um, went in circles. Sorry. It took me a while to ask that question. You did it. That was great. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, we can rewind a little bit. I, uh, okay, wait, yeah, no. So I, <laughs> I was also curious, like how long you've been at this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. Like, mm-hmm. where do you want me to start? <laughs> Go for it. When you were a kid. Oh. <laughs> that's what you always want. <laughs> no, let's not. Whatever comes to you first, whatever you're yeah. like, okay, we'll go there. You know, I think like. I started training, training probably around the same time I met, um, my fiance, um, he was working at a strength and conditioning gym. Um, and I was what, like a 20, 21 or so. Um, and I worked at the coffee shop just down the road. Anyways, stars aligned. Um, but I started going to the classes that they had there and I had been in the gym kind of like for years, but just like, I, I would follow like those online training programs. Right. Or like, I'd see someone do something and I would like try to emulate whatever they were doing. Um, and like, I made fine beginner gains. Cause all you really have to do is move a little bit of weight and like, you'll make some gains. But then I would say like, that's kind of like when I started to understand what training was, I learned about proper movement. Um, And that's when I also started kind of tracking my food, looking at um, like what was actually in food that I was eating, learning about calories. Um, Before that, I just kind of was, I just looked at things as like either it was good food or bad food. And I still have, I still do sometimes get caught in that (laughs) thing, you know, um, uh, but that's when I started really looking at like what was in food, like in tracking, like I said, um, and I kind of got into all of that. And like, just once I like started tracking meticulously, it took a long time to like get to the point where I would like track everything. But like, once I got there, it was like this unlocked level of life. I was like, Ooh, I have found a secret. Um, that's going to help me achieve whatever physique goals I want to. Right. Like I was like, mm-hmm. I, I understand. I can you didn't find weight. that triggering at all. That wasn't because a lot oh, of people I, have a hard time. It was okay. Hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very just unhealthy curious. for me because I just became neurotic. Um, and I got an Apple watch and I was like tracking all my steps and like all my workouts. And like, if I didn't start my workout and then, when I started my workout, if I didn't press start on my watch, like I was like, Oh my God, I didn't do the workout. I need to work out again because my watch didn't try. Like I just became obsessed with just everything regarding fitness. And like, I just wanted to be perfect because I felt like I was not valuable 
if I didn't look a certain way, right? Like, like so many people have this, this aching heart story. Um, and it just didn't get better over time. In fact, it just got worse and worse. Right. Um, and I used fitness and exercise as a way of coping with stress. As I said, I got sober from drugs and alcohol. And it's like when I would normally turn to drinking or drugs, like I no longer had that crutch. Um, and I had to start addressing my feelings for what they were, or I could just go to the gym. Right. So <laughs> let's just go to the gym instead. Um, and that became addictive. It became my new thing. I would just, I worked out. I was the girl who worked out. I trained whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of like, I took on this like persona of like, Oh, I'm just really into the gym, but like inside it was really just my new addiction. And it wasn't just, I wasn't just doing it because I loved it. I wasn't just like, it was fueled by a much deeper need to just like myself a little bit more, like not even love myself. Just like, if I could just like myself a bit more, like that would be cool. Right. So I think like, as the years go on, it just kind of got, I mean, I, I did grow more in love with it, but it became like this unhealthy mental obsession with things. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, um, my fiance and I went through this really difficult period of time where he moved here to the UK uh, and I was still at home in Canada, um, but I, it was during COVID. Um, I was in school online, living in a basement suite by myself. The man that I loved was on the other side of the world. My family lived like not very far away, like 45 minutes, but my parents' health was compromised and I wasn't able to see them very often. And I just felt very alone and cut off from anything that gave me purpose in life. Um, And I became so deeply depressed. Um, And it was just a really, really difficult time for me. And I just, I, I turn, I put all of my energy just into exercising. And I was just like, you know what? I just want to like, lose weight because maybe I'll feel a little bit better about myself. And in the span of like, I wasn't even big to begin with. Like I lost maybe 30 pounds over the course of six months, but it was like slow at first. And then all of a sudden in the spring, I was just like so depressed. And I just like noticed like it was like weight was just falling off me. I would just like I was tracking everything like it and eating nothing. Like my diet was egg whites, protein powder, Greek yogurt, um, chicken, vegetables. And then I was running between 10 and 15 kilometers a day and training multiple hours in the gym. Um, just beating myself into a pulp, um, physically, mentally, like my hormones were down the tube. Um, I I was just really in a rough place. Um, looking back at photos, it's just boggles my mind because I was potentially too like skinny to step on stage. Um, but like, I still looked at myself and saw the girl who was 30 pounds heavier. Um, and like, it became so addictive to step on the scale every day and like watch it go down and down and down. It was just like, 
it was just, it brought me to this point where I was proud of what I had achieved, but I was still so disgusted with myself. And I, it was this really weird dichotomous relationship of being like really in love with the seductive weight loss thing that's taking over my body, but also just like being able to look at it and like experience that I was like having to go to the hospital and like having all these things go on with my health. And I was like, this is not okay. I just don't know how to stop. And I don't know how to get to a place where I can be healthy again. And so when I moved, I I eventually dropped out of school, uh, decided to pack my life up, um, moved to the UK where I am now, um, back with the love of my life. Um, It's not fairly recent, eh? I didn't didn't know how uh, recent this was for you. This was last end of July, um, I moved. Um, and of course the stress of the move, um, was enough to make your hair fall out. (laughs) (laughs) I've never moved across countries before, but I can't really imagine. Yeah. Um, and so when I landed, I don't think he would have said it blatantly, but I think looking back now, Kyle has said like, oh, you were like, you definitely didn't look the healthiest. And I think. I just didn't really know what to do. I I didn't know how to eat in a way that was good for my body because I was so used to eating like the low fat diet. Like I was eating probably 20 grams of fat a day. Quote unquote healthy um, foods, right? Yeah. Exactly, right. Yeah. Just, like, this is the healthy thing. Like low fat, like if you don't, you can't get fat if you don't eat fat. Right. So, and, but people looking in would have been like, wow, she exercises so much. Look at her diet. It's incredible. I wish I had, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's a weird, I know what you mean about the dichotomy and about, um, body dysmorphia and not seeing yourself the way that other people see. Like you can't see it sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when, when I moved here, I was just like, keeping up with a lot of the same habits. Like I was running and like eating a certain way and I was experiencing these like health problems still. Right. And I was trying to talk to Kyle and I was like, I I know I need to change something, but I don't know how to change these things because when I look at food that has fat in it, like I'm terrified to eat it. I don't want to put it in my body, but I know I need to do it. And we were just getting frustrated because obviously out of love, he's encouraging me to uh, include more of these foods into my diet. And like, even though I really wanted to, like, I just didn't know how to shove them down my throat. And like, I, I was terrified to eat anything that was different. Um, And it became very apparent to me that I I would need external help. Um, That wasn't just my loving fiance because (laughs) because as wonderful as a partner is like it's not who you should be coached by so, no unfortunately so, um thankfully we actually took a vacation um at the end of the summer and we went to Croatia and it was just a beautiful couple of weeks because it it was like I wasn't tracking because we were just out like living life and enjoying life And I was eating all these foods that I wouldn't normally eat at home. Like we were eating pizzas every day. And like, it was still challenging for me at times. Don't get me wrong. But like, I wasn't sitting there on the floor, like 
having this internal debate of like, should I eat this food that's in front of me, even though I need to eat it? Like, it was like, you know what, like, I'm here, I'm living my life, like, I'm enjoying this with my, my partner, we're here, we're gonna eat this pizza, or like, I'm gonna eat a few of his french fries, and I'm gonna be okay. Like, and it was just, it was really cool for me to be, to go from a place where I was tracking everything very meticulously, to like, going on this trip and experiencing that oh wait like I can live life away from my fitness pal on a food scale and I'm okay yeah it did help to know that if I was having an anxious day I could just open my fitness pal and track roughly like what I had eaten so I had a mental idea and like I would just eat more protein if I need more protein whatever but it was it was just really cool to experience like Hey, like you're going to be okay. You're eventually going to be able to do this and live your life again in a way that feels more natural and fluid for you. And so when we got back, um, it, it was weird though, because I was removed from my home situation. Right. And then we go on the vacation. It's all cool. Fine. And dandy. And then we come back and it's like, that switches back. It's kind of like when you're a kid or something and you're in your home of origin, And it's like, you live a certain way and you take on that role as like the middle child or whatever. And then you go, you grow up, you leave home, then you come back and you're all there for Christmas Mm -hmm. dinner. And it's like instantly back to being five years old and you're that kid anyway. So it was like this switch had been flipped and I had to like go back to like, oh no, I'm going to weigh out my cucumber. Like I'm weighing out my mayonnaise, like all these things. Um, But then I was like thinking back and I was like, "Ah, it was just so nice to like have a little bit of freedom, like, but I don't know how to get there while I'm here. And so had some discussions with Kyle. Um, and he's like, Hey, I, I've reached out. I hope you don't mind on your behalf. I know this guy, I think he's going to be able to help you. He's the goat. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, you know what, if you trust him enough to even recommend him, for me, because I know how much you love me, then I trust you. Let's chat with this guy. So that's how I got linked in with, with Mac, who is my coach, um, who has been guiding me through this process. Um, and it's been, it's been amazing to have somebody that I can rely on who's not my partner. Um, because I feel like it gives my relationship just the space to be my relationship. And then it gives all of these other things that are going on inside of me, another outlet, not saying that I don't talk to Kyle about these things because I do, but sometimes I just need somebody else. And I think it's really healthy. And what I love about Mac is that, (laughs) is that he's like, a girl best friend. (laughs) What I mean by that is that he is so don't take this the wrong way, Mahan, because I know men can be really in tune as well with their inner selves, but Mac has just, as he's really done a lot of self-reflection and it shows in the way that he talks to me as his client and I'm sure his other clients. Mm -hmm. Um, But just the way like he addresses me or when I go to him with like a concern or a thought process. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I like ashamed of what I'm thinking or like what I'm, what I've done or like, Oh, like, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, Mads, like, it's okay. 
like we just pick ourselves up and he just has like this really amazing it, he's truly a coach mm. he's not right like he it's really about crawling in that hole with somebody sitting with them where they are and not just trying to like yank them up from above not like yelling at them why are you down there <laughs> how did you get in there <laughs> yes you gotta stay down there for a while mm-hmm. no but he he crawls in the hole with me and he's in that space um and he just it gives me the room to be there. And, but he also, oh, God bless him. He calls me on my shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's coaching. In and he, does, he holds both of those things really well, which is what has, which has exactly been what I needed in this time. Um, you were asking what's, what's the benefit of working with a professional. It's knowing that they're going to be there with you and for you because they're on your team. He's on my team, but I know that he's also on my team enough not to just support me and to like, let me do things that are going to be harmful to me. He's not an enabler, yeah. but he can see things objectively, right? Because both are going towards the same goal, but he's a little bit more removed because he's not me. Mm-hmm. Or your partner. Yeah, no, you're so right about all of that. I, I fully agree with everything that you just said. That's great. Shout out James Mack. Yeah. James yeah. Mack. <laughs> if we do show soul. notes, we'll put you in the show notes. Right. I love that. Hmm. Love that analogy of the whole. That's great. You've seen, um, or have you heard of Brene Brown? Yes. I was going to say, if you've gone to therapy, you know who Brene Brown yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a... <laughs> yeah, there's that little... Wait, oh, there's like the little fox or something... And I can't remember, but there's this one little animal and he's like in a hole. And then this other guy just crawls in the hole with them and they just sit there and it's like, this is what empathy is. And I was like, oh, this is, it's just so heart wrenching. It's Mm. so beautiful. And that's what, yeah, I think that's what so many, uh, sorry, this is my, this is my unsolicited opinion now. So many people miss. Mm -hmm when it comes to like, there's a difference between training and coaching, you know? Yes. Yeah. What do you think that is? I think it's exactly. Yeah. The training, in my opinion, suggests almost like a dictatorship. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I'm going to make you do. You're going to follow me. And you're going to do what I tell you. Whereas coaching, it's like, where are you? Okay, let me meet you there. Tell me where you want to go. And let's figure out a plan together. Yep. Absolutely. Hmm. Meeting people where they're at. I was reading the other day too. I think that just goes for like relating to people, right? Like, like this, like, you know, with you're talking to somebody, a friend or, or if you're coaching somebody, just, um, just reading about the importance of, um, if a client is in a, a negative space or, um, down or whatever it is, not trying to be like, well, it could be worse or, you know, like that positive spin mm. that people always try to put on it. Well, look at it this way. You got a roof over your head, like whatever. Right. You know, or, um, and like, there's a place for that too, but also like it's, it's, it's important to first identify 
oh, you're feeling that way. I feel, yeah, I feel that you're feeling that way. That sucks or whatever it is, right? Like acknowledging, maybe not that sucks, but acknowledging wherever they are at and not trying to change it or mold it or turn it into something else. Just being like, like if somebody comes in and they're tired or something, you know, and that's like a very small example. If somebody comes in kind of dragging their heels. It's like, okay, cool. We'll work with it. You know, mm-hmm. thanks. For, like we will we, we'll take you where you're at as opposed to no, come on, man. Let's just, you know, like get out of there. Let's all, you know, like, and there is some, there's a bit of like energy supplying that we do have in our job, but to not just like paint over what's going on for somebody. Some people come in and their dog got hit by a car that morning or whatever, you know, like I had that happen to me last week and it was like, okay, I'm, you know, like, let's stay here for a second. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, like I was, I wouldn't just be like, all right, a (laughs) one squats, you know, like it just like you, yeah, there's a human aspect to coaching. Right. Mm. And we're dealing with humans who are super complicated and can emotions play into that. Not that we're therapists, but we can't just um, ignore that, that part of things. And we're talking about eating and exercise, very sensitive topics, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to play into emotions and what's going on at home or what the rest of their life is like. It's going to. Mm -hmm. Coaching and training. Yeah. And you know what? It makes it, um, a little bit scary, right? Because mm-hmm. while Matt was talking, it just like I was just re- reliving all my fears as a coach. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, <laughs> this is exactly what I'm scared of." Um, that or training. What are you scared like, of? What do you mean? Um, because it's a it's a delicate balance, right? Like, because at the end, like I also believe, like as as you said, we're not therapists, right? We're not trained for that. I am trained for training someone, right? I'm trained for like getting them their physical goals. And sometimes if their physical goal is a looking a certain way, then you have to like, you're like, well, if the goal is to look like this, then we need data. We need like, you know, we need meaningful data to make decisions based off of that data. And they, you need to like start tracking certain things. Right. But it's tiptoeing around this really like slippery slope where, I'm always worried, like, all right, I need them to start tracking certain things, but also I don't want this to turn into like a, like a, take them down this rabbit hole of like, you know, a little bit of like even toxic to a certain extent. Like now they're tracking everything, they're becoming obsessive and stuff like that. So I don't want to plant that seed, right? So I'm always playing with the idea of like, what does it take to plant that seed or like, how do you manage it? And like, and it's just, well, you have, experience mm. like you just learn it like you just have to like you, you take people through it and like i think being open enough that that's why i have these conversations with a lot of like you guys and like other coaches and stuff like that to learn from people like james back right because i'm sure he's gone through like things like this as well and then he's like experienced it and how he, that's how he builds it but i'm always worried about that it's just like okay i need you to track this but also i don't want you to start having like the building this bad relationship with food and so now it's just only like you're going to put things in your mouth that you've tracked and uh, figuring that out mm-hmm. in a sense and that can be scary i think campsite rules always goes for training people like leave your campsite better than you found it leave people yeah. better than you found them right <laughs> so oh, i think i know i love a camping analogy <laughs> um <laughs> but it's like a kind of sensing where you need to refer out but like sensing where you might be like okay like with a, a particular person, maybe the way 
the comment, all of the options that I have for you in terms of like how we can get you from point A to point B, I feel like with you, and this isn't you saying it to them, but just internally, like, I feel like with this client, Mm -hmm. it may leave them worse to get them to go on my fitness pal and do it. I think they might have to do all of this other work first. Um, cause I've had that before too, where it's like, okay, I don't think this is for you. I think, um, what would be best is some therapy, you know? Um, and hopefully the person agrees, but, but, and that's like a very rare case, but, um, and you know, Mahan, you've even lovingly talked about how you've said to some people, like, I'll try, I love you. I love training you. I'll train you for free for a bit. If it means that like, if you can't pay for this and therapy, go to therapy, you know, it's, um, yeah, Mahan's shout out Mahan. Um, but yeah, just kind of, it's, it's dicey. It's tough but maybe even like asking people that, you know, if you know people in other fields being like, Hey, I've got this case, Mm -hmm. like what, you know, like using as many resources as you can to make sure you're being as responsible as possible, but just always asking yourself, like, is this going to leave them worse off or is it going to help them? Yeah. Right. Cause you're right. The data is a slippery slope. It's that, like, it's that sense of control that some people are looking for. Right. And I've been there too. I've, I've, I've been in um, tumultuous relationship with tracking food and I've been in a good place with it, but I, I'm only in a good place with it now because I've, I went through the, the bad stuff with it tomato where I was what? T- tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato, tumultuous, oh. <laughs> tumultuous. It's like a turbulent, turbulent. It's like, I think of like a relationship, you know, some ups and downs and it's tumultuous. Yeah. It's like turbulence in an airplane. Yeah. (laughs) We've all had those relationships. Um, (laughs) I've, and I've had one like that with my fitness pal, you know? So like, but like for me right now where I'm in my life, um, I'm okay with it. But like, I, I did it for like five years before when I probably should have been doing some other things with my time and my life to help me out, you know, but it's, it's tricky. Cause Mads, you even said, you're like, I feel like it, like, un- like lo- knowing about my nutrition and, and learning about all that stuff, like unlocked a whole new level, but it, like, it can be both, right. It, it can be, it can be something that one person really needs. And then it could be something that, um, could be harmful for somebody else. Right. So it just goes to show like how individual, this all is and how unique each situation is yeah I mean objectively like it's just a tool in the toolbox and it has a place but it's like what mindset is is being applied or to the tool does that make sense yes you're going in there with the intent of like oh I'm just gonna I I gained 50 pounds in the last year like I'd like to lose some weight I'm gonna plan it out we're gonna do all this track things and you know what it's all gonna be good and then you follow your plan you don't take things extreme and it helps you lose the weight other times you know the mindset is just an unhealthy relationship with things and mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it's it's really just comes down to where's the person at mentally how are yeah. they the tool and like it's can you look at your me. apple watch and be like huh cool that many steps today cool Piece of data, you know yeah. yeah you know or is it or if you are using your apple watch and it it elicits those things in you maybe it's something to step away from you know just like knowing that's a lot of you just got to know yourself and trial and error and okay this might not be good for me or whatever it is it's like weighing yourself you know can you step on a scale and be like cool that's a number put it in the data 
books, you know, yeah. or every time you step on the scale, does it, does it affect you and your day and your mindset and your psyche, you know, it could be something to take a break from, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, but also you, you pointed this out, Matt, it's like some, a coach knows where to meet you, but also like kind of all also has this, like, sometimes it has to be tyrannical as well as like not, not tyrannical but like calling your shit out like what you're calling your bullshit out right yeah and and like this funny thing is like my story is also james back that uh, mm -hmm. i was training one of our like i was doing the programming for one of our uh, friends who's part of prescript and james back literally called me like at six in the morning i'm like mate i'm on the train he's like yeah just call me back when you're off the train and then he's just like for 30 minutes was just like shouting at me, <laughs> telling me <laughs> pretty much like he was basically and his thing was like I was falling from the other end. I was being a friend and I was being too empathic and I was not being the coach. Right. I was mm -hmm. not being like, OK, like, no, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. This is what you have to do. Like every time like the person like had some things coming up or like there was like certain excuses, I would just play along with them and try to manage them so yeah god bless his soul he was just like no Mahan, don't be his friend be his coach and i was like mm -hmm. james my client is here You're like no you have to. <laughs> i was like can't hang up on you but yeah so it's finding that balance right like in anything just yeah that's why it's hard to become friends with clients yeah. you know because you still have to maintain that that level of recognizing like hearing their words and and listening for limiting my insets and saying hey there's one of those things, you know, and I'm, I just started training my best friend again. Uh, we trained years ago. Um, didn't go so great. She's back now. She just started this week, but I'm like, this is going to be just so you know, I'm not your friend when I'm training you, you know, I'm still Vanessa and I'm going to put emojis in my messages and all that stuff. But <laughs> if you don't do your workouts, you know, you're going to hear from me. And it's like, it's like a, just kind of, and that's big for me, like informing her, like, this is just so, you know, this is how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and already so far, she's been a little snarky, you know, cause she's my best friend and she's like, okay, Vanessa, but I'm like, well, don't leave your workout that late. It's might not get done this week, you know, things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like, yeah, I don't even know where we're going now with this, but it's a, uh, it's a very interesting part of, of what we do as coaches for sure can't become too friendly because then every so often you've you got to put your big boy pants on and say something and it might be harder to say yeah. if you're too friendly with somebody <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's a topic that i like when i talk to people about sales like <laughs> i know you we've talked about this as well like voice like the concept of voices matters like if i'm doing a training session especially like a beginner pts have that all the time like they're trying to motivate the person they're trying to like you know they all have the, the energy level their voices up here like ah, let's go you got this blah blah and then everybody people don't like to talk about money right like the energy just drains like you know the voice just drops down and becomes very serious so if you've had the entire session going with like such high energy and now yeah. suddenly you have to talk about money and like you're just like suddenly you're serious and like you know, there's no jokes the, the the squeaky voice is gone now like batman's talking to you and it, it's just such a big difference that like it, it it leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth and also like it creates that big gap right so same thing with like with clients like if you're just always that friend 
then suddenly when you need to tell them off if you hasn't haven't had that transition or haven't like if they haven't experienced that with you before suddenly it just seems out of character and it's hard to digest mm. yeah. totally that's what i was thinking <laughs> but Matt, one question for you yeah because i i like i like i see what you meant with like trainer and coach right yeah but i also feel like the i feel like trainers have to be just like the coaches as well like for me like the definition is a little bit different so do you mind like just going through like what how you define trainer and coach again um i think it just came for me i guess it comes down to the the relationship Mm-hmm. um and a coach can be a trainer i think it's it's kind of like the idea that every rectangle is a square <laughs> but not every square is a rectangle does that make sense kind of wait, it's wait, like is it the opposite i'm like but it's not <laughs> like the backwards you got that backwards, yeah. No, please cut that. I knew I was going to think we can. I said said to Kyle over dinner, I was like, my biggest fear is sounding uneducated on this. (laughs) Well, well, the the hosts have got you beat, so don't worry. Yeah, you have nothing to worry I just talked about bombs. I am not trying to make a that I don't understand. So, So pretty much, like, a coach is coaching somebody but they they can also be training someone I think for me like when I think of my experience with trainers is that like they're these online people who sell you cookie cutter programs who don't actually care about you as a human so I think that's kind of like where I'm coming from I also did um I did work very very briefly I cameoed as a personal trainer (laughs) oh I love that moonlighting yeah Cosplay. I cosplayed as a personal trainer. That would be my cosplay costume. And so like, boring. Yeah, my experience was that like I just didn't understand. And so I couldn't provide good care. And so I was a trainer. I told people what to do because I read in a book that's what I was supposed to tell people what to do. Yeah but I didn't really know how to coach somebody through, like, I didn't know how to look at a problem to be like, Oh, they're squats like this because they're having hip internal rotation issues. Like I didn't understand that. Right. So I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like foam roll your knee. Like, Oh, that sucks. Your back hurts. Oh man, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Strengthen your core or something. I was like, Oh, that's too bad. Like, what if you just try it again? Like, I just, I didn't understand. You're and describing like the beginning of my career. So don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> Everyone's career, yeah. Oh shit, that didn't work. I guess I have to figure out other things. <laughs> yeah. It's um, kind of like a trainer would take you and be like you and somebody else. And like, oh, you have um, a history with disordered eating. I'm going to put you on the same plan. I put Mary on, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, this is what I know. This is what we're going to do. Not taking into account your past or your job or your stress levels or your sleep, you know, things like that. Although I, I feel like, yeah, but now that I say this out loud, like apparently, apparently a coach is someone who works with athletes. So, 
But I oh, think coaching comes down to that mentality of Wait, like, no, we're like, we're coaching. Is like, Kyle in the background telling you that? I feel like we, yeah, I feel like there's. <laughs> no, no, but I've had this conversation with other people before. Yeah. And that's been like the, that's been the distinguishing factor. It's like, yeah. no, you're a coach if you train athletes, yeah. which totally, totally applies. Um, you are a coach if you train athletes. But I think for me, it was just like this personal distinguishing fact, like thing between like, oh, a, a coach and a trainer. Mahan, if you're, if you're, what you're looking for. internalizing this, Mahan, you coach people. If you ask me, I would say you coach people. Mm. You're not a trainer. Thank you. <laughs> and it's kind of like, what's your rate, right? Uh, like trainers probably have a lower rate coaches. It's like, well, I, you know, we've got a lot more value lot more stuff that we're yeah. doing. Yeah. A lot more things that we're thinking about. Yeah. But not to put down trainers, you know, it's not like, I, mean, I don't know. And somebody would probably think I'm a trainer too. You know, I think of myself as a coach, but it's again, for me, it's like a progression, right? Like, um, Every square is a rectangle, but another <laughs> rectangle is a square, right? I really wanted to get that though. I felt uh, like I wasn't educated because I didn't understand that. So we can go, <laughs> we can circle back to that if we want to. I really want to figure that one out. We <laughs> rectangle back to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or are we squaring back to it? I don't know. Yeah, we're squaring back to it. No, but sorry. No, I'll, 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 at the end, I'll explain the difference between rectangles okay. and squares Man. and why every square is a rectangle. Anyway. My, I might be wrong even. I don't know anymore. I did engineering, but oh, does that but... matter? <laughs> just just dropping it out there. Flexing on yeah, engineering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Math>. worthy. Uh, <laughs> but for me, like, because we, like Vanessa said as well, like, I, like Mads, you cos- cosplayed as a trainer. Like, we all start at the same place, right? And we all don't know anything. But it's just that, that it's the progression of going from a trainer to a coach. Uh, I my definition of coach is a little bit different as well. Like, yes, I would say like ask like I would call someone a coach if they're an athlete, and then trainers are exactly what you describe. What like what you said as a coach for me is a trainer, and yeah. if you're not that, you're just someone who trains people. You're not even a trainer, like okay. just, right? Because yeah. getting to become a trainer, you you just have like uh, it's these three rules of like what worked for me, what does the science say. And what is the individual person's biases, right? And like, yeah. you have to understand all three. And like the person who trains people normally thinks in the sense of this is what, like, this is what worked for me and my clients. And like, this is what I'm going to try to apply to everyone else. And that creates a cookie cutter idea, right? Trainers hey, use battle ropes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Ooh, I'm so glad that landed. I was like, oh Ooh. no, what if Bax has some battle ropes and some programming or something? No. That's my distinction. Yeah. Every time I see somebody rocking battle ropes, I'm like, that's a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> but- like, can you explain why we're doing this? No, it's not. <laughs> I've had clients be like, what is that doing? I'm like, it makes people tired, you know, makes your shoulders burn. It looks it feels cool like it feels like so, you're in an ad like i get it i get the alert yeah. chris hemsworth did it before he played yeah tour, so yeah worked for it, him it worked for him that's all he did by the way <laughs> just all he battle did ropes. just battle ropes didn't take any drugs minutes. didn't train with anyone <laughs> and paleo or something yeah, probably. <laughs> ate organ meat <laughs> for six months full testicles that's it that's the new thing eh? that's organ the new meat thing, yeah the liver king was it? The, yeah, the liver king. 
Shout yeah, out. Like, yeah, not even like the meat, the carnivore diet. Now it's just organ meats only. Like it's yeah, gone right? for like carnivore diet was like extreme enough, but now it's like only kidneys. I just <laughs> identity crisis. I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, no wonder people are confused, you know? Yeah. Like, no wonder. I just want them to like the next trend that I want to see that I would like, you know what, even if it doesn't work, I'll jump on that like crazy is genetically modified like dinosaur meat. Like put that out. <laughs> I will buy it. Like just like put, this is a trinosaurus thigh. Like I'll have that shit. Like I'm like. Like archaeologists are out there yeah, trying to like, fill yeah, all the. Like, get the gross. DNA, just read, like, you know, make it. We have the technology. Put that out there. I'll buy it. <laughs> Oh, no, it's genetically modified, right? So it'd be like made in a lab or something. Yeah, exactly. It'll be biofriendly. Like, sorry, it'll be vegan, technically. Yeah. (laughs) Technically. That's brutal. Yeah. (laughs) Mads, what are some good, like, what are some, do you have any good, like, resources or um, people or books or like, like you mentioned Brene Brown, but like on your healing journey, like, what have you found that has been like, this is really cool or helpful other than at coach james mack mm. um great question Probably people online yeah, or people that, in your life that was a really good friends. question thank you because nice. i was just going um, down the rabbit hole <laughs> thanks for <laughs> yeah, was, i was waiting i was waiting for a moment um, i'm just curious you know and not that books and everything are are everything but like what has been some good because you know the media can affect negatively our impression of our body and our body image or eating or any of that stuff but what are some like good stuff that you go toward now one book that I read that really stood out to me was the RP strength and nutrition I don't want to butcher the name it's by Dr. Mike Isertel Mm -hmm. and his team at RP strength Um, it is not just about nutrition it's also about training but it's got a lot of really solid, um, accessible and easily digestible information regarding, um, diet and training for people who are really interested in that kind of lifestyle. Because like I said, like this has been a big piece of who I am. Like I'm thick mads from the gym, not thick mads from the kitchen or like (laughs) the streets, you know, like I do love training and like, it's a big part of who I am, but it also comes in with like like just very digestible science um even with down to things like macro timing regarding your goals like whether you're in a build phase or a cut phase like blah 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 so just like the minutia but also it goes into like broader strokes um i've also really appreciated like it's not even specific things because i think the more I just focus on like other things, these issues, if you will, in my life just kind of seem to find a way of working themselves out. So when I focus my energy on other things, because I'm already spending so much of my time, like tracking all of this data for my coach and myself, as we go through this journey that like, I don't want to spend any more mental energy than I have to thinking about these things. So I like to focus on other things. Um, journaling has been really helpful for me. Um, doing a bit of an inventory on my social media, like what am I following? What's this information I'm constantly looking at? Um, you know, my, 
my fiance Kyle has said multiple times, like if you're having issues like with burnout with social media and like it's a curated experience. So it's like you need to take a look at what you're filling your feed with. Mm-hmm. Because like if you're going on and just getting mentally exhausted by all these things you're seeing, that's because you're choosing to look at these things that are draining your energy. So it's like, if you have to go through and delete a bunch of accounts, which I did. And like, I stopped following certain influencers who I would just like look at their bodies and I would just instantly feel shame over mine. And like, um, so things like that have been really helpful following pages of other women who have gone through, um, HA, which is the clinical term hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is the loss of Menzies. So it's just like focusing on, um, little things too. Like I used to follow a lot of like, Oh, like all these really low calorie food recipes, blah, blah, blah. But now I've switched that focus to like balanced, like recipes and like looking at like, okay, how can I include carbs, fat and protein in my meal? Not just protein powder, not just Greek yogurt, you know, these things. Um, I've also really enjoyed listening to the stronger by science podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I find they are very knowledgeable, but they also provide a lot of comedic relief to my life. Um, I love to go on walks and listen to podcasts. Um, Yeah, and just do a lot of just other media things like that's not focused on fitness and health, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, if you like podcasts, I hear this one like into the blue. It's kind of cute. <laughs> Just saying. That was really good. I like thought you were gonna do it, and then I was like, oh no, he's not gonna do. Oh wait, he's doing it. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> you should be an actor. Just saying. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> I hope one day that we are the podcast that somebody chuckles, gets information, and chuckles too while they walk down the street when it's out. Exactly. It's not even out yet, so it doesn't have a chance yet, but. Maybe one day, maybe this will be the one. I love that though. I think curating your feed is so important. And I always, I mean, maybe I don't say it enough, but like if my feed makes anybody feel not good about themselves, please unfollow me. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Please, please, please. I will never take it personally. Um, You know, because I've had to do the same thing. I've had to unfollow a lot of even like Toronto people that I was like, I should follow them because I'm supporting them and we live in the same city and I should know all the trainers. And it was, but like at a certain point, like you got to put yourself first in that way and just say, this isn't great for me. And um, if people get offended that you unfollow them, then that's kind of their problem. But, you know, you can always follow them back. Who cares? You know, it's important. Yeah, I call it the great purge. I've done it with a couple of my clients. Like they come to me and they're like, sometimes we talk and like we talk and talk, like, you know, you just get to know them. And then like, they have these ideas about their body. And I'm like, okay, you're getting this somewhere. Yeah. Who is it? Show me. And I'm like, just show me like your ideal. And funny thing is like a lot of them, the moment I say, show me your ideal body on Instagram, they have someone in mind, right? And like, Mm-hmm. It sometimes it just doesn't match. Like I'm like, like, look, you're like a five foot two something, like Indian girl who's looking at like a f- tall Scandinavian blonde chick and wants to have like her butt. Like you can't, right? Like yeah. there's just this big difference. So like I'm like, yeah, we're unfollowing that person, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a purge. Like just go for like we're getting rid of all these accounts that like just don't bring anything to the table if anything they just skew your idea of how you should look because like there's also there is this thing like 
guys, I can take all the drugs in the world and I can train as hard and I can go back in time and start training when I was 12, right? You can. I, 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 let's say I could. I still cannot, <laughs> I still cannot look like Chris Bombstead because he is taller than me. And like, he, he has so many different things that like, I just cannot like, it's not okay for me to compare myself to C-Bomb, right? Mm. I need to find some brown bodybuilder who's around the same size as me and has like the same limbs and stuff like that and like same height. And then kind of be like, all right, so this is where my body could go. This is to. attainable. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> this is realistic for this me. This is realistic. I mean, it's more realistic for me to travel through time than look like someone like <laughs> Arnold or Seabomb. Mm. But yeah. This plays back into like the whole identifying with things too, because I, I often get clients, you know, they say, you know, clients who say the same things a lot. They're like, oh, well, I have no uh, zero upper body strength. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then they say at the next session and the next session, I have zero upper body strength. And it's like, well, you, you might keep having zero upper body strength if you truly believe, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. or I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not a person who does that. You know, it's like identifying with, um, that. And it's not to say that they, they, you know, or like, oh, I'm weak. So like I use this weight, I'm weak. So da, da, da. And I always say, just like check in on that. You've said it a couple of times. You keep saying I'm weak, I'm weak. I'm like for compared to what, you know, like it might be like, you're here working out with me. Like that's pretty strange. You know, you just did that and you didn't think you could do it. So like, are you, you know, it's like, a, it's, um, it's all relative, right? Down to the mindset, right? Yeah. I really try to like keep tabs on the things that people say a lot because it's like, oftentimes it's like either they got it from somewhere else. Like some mm -hmm. gym teacher once told them they, that women don't have upper body strength or that they didn't, you know, um, this is funny. This is reminding me of my literal grade eight gym teacher was a very stocky fellow. He's very like wide stocky dude. One day he said to me, cause I couldn't run as fast as the other girls or something. And I was upset. And he's like, well, you're, you're stocky like me. So you're going to have trouble with those things. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was a 13 year old girl, you know? And he said like, you and I, like, we're in this together. Kind of like, we, we can't be like them basically. And I was like, oh my God. And like, I had to do a lot of work around that. I'm not yeah. going to lie, oh. <laughs> you know? And so like, just like, you know, sometimes the things that people say to us, we start to believe as the truth yeah. and it doesn't have to be, I, I get why it happens, but it doesn't have to be the truth. Your truth could be like, we're going to, we're going to get stronger in our upper body and whatever it is, you know, hopefully undoing some of that stuff. Cause we collect in from family members too. Right. Just like, as we grow up, it's like, you're like this, you're like this. And you're like, Oh, guess I am. Okay. Yeah. And Mahan, what is it that shallow says? Uh, psychology trumps physiology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That idea. You know, it's funny because I, <laughs> I went through this period of time, maybe like a couple months ago where I was like, really into like researching HA and it was like oh my god what are like the signs and symptoms and like how am I going to know when I'm finally going to get my period back and as I was spending all of this time like looking at this information of like oh these are the things you're experiencing and blah 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 like I started experiencing the, the symptoms more like I, I my hunger was like yes more than usual because I was so restricted for so long but the more I sat and thought about oh maybe I have extreme hunger I had extreme hunger and like these wow. things came on and manifested in me. 
And then like, I, I recognized it and I'm still like, I still have definitely a larger than normal quote unquote appetite, but I also, I'm like, okay, but my activity level would suggest a high, like hunger level. Like I'm constantly active. I train hard. I am always walking. I'm on my feet all day. Like, so it's like, it's normal for me to have this where it's like, the more I became fixated on the fact that like, oh, maybe I have like these extreme hunger issues. I started to develop extreme hunger issues. Yep. So it's like, are, are we a victim of our own diagnosis to a certain degree? Like, I'm not just writing things off as like, oh, like it's all in your head, but there is such a power to that mental, like, oh, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm weak in my upper body. Like you were talking about, right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just, I just can't put more weight on the bar because I will fail. Yeah. And then I'm it's like, someone then we put the weight on and we fail because we've told ourselves we're going to fail. Yeah. Right. And that's the beauty of having a coach. Cause I'm always like, well, let's see, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if it's too much, we'll take it down. You know, yeah. you've got me here. Like, well, well, it's like a, it's good. Like you said about having that objective professional, somebody in your life to do that kind of stuff, because if it's just you on your own, you're like, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm just going to leave. You know, it's like, (laughs) what's the point, right? As opposed to somebody being like, I think you can do that. You just did that for that many reps. I can, I think you can do this. And if you can't, we'll figure it out, you know, but like, I'm not going to put you in an unsafe situation. I think like, that's like the, the nice, like security of that. Mm-hmm. I had that with my big lifts too, though. Like this year, I've been really great at just being like, believe it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, it doesn't you throw it off your back. It's fine. But I used to go into like testing or like really heavy lifts. Like, I don't like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can. And, like, sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. But like at that, the, I would be afraid before it even happens. Cause I was thinking about the number and I was thinking about, you know, squatting or whatever it is. Right. And it's just like, but now I just go into it, like believe, and I do it with my clients too. They're like, I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to do this. And they're like, I guess so. I don't know. I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm like, it's going to happen, <laughs> you know, like, and again, like knowing that you're safe, whether like, you know, if you're training on your own, learn how to bail or learn how to like uh, uh, safely get out of um, a situation like that. But it's really good to have somebody there who's, either spotting you or just mentally, like, I think you can do this, you know, like, and not just because of that. Like, I know because of like what you've lifted previously or like just having imparting your confidence on them a little bit helps, I think. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I'm sure it's the same with food too, right? Like I've done this before. You're going to be okay. You know, like I, and, and you have to kind of put a lot of trust in your coach and, in, in knowing that and kind of like, I love that story about Croatia. Cause like, I, mm-hmm. I love that you were able to get there. Like, it's crazy, you know, like to that, you were just there like in, in Croatia, but mentally too, just like, all right. And you, you taught yourself, I'm sure it was scary. I'm sure there's a lot of things going on, but it was like, okay, I can do this. And like, nothing blew up, you know, yeah. nothing fell apart. And you got that little like bit of, um, um, experience and confidence and like, okay, it's possible. And, you know, you went back home and it went the other way, but it's like, you still had that little thing to hang on to you know mm-hmm. exactly yep. yeah hmm. good stuff I love that good thank yeah. you mm-hmm. well guys what else did you have any other questions or <laughs> oh <laughs> well I have a question sorry I have one question I have a question <laughs> I have yeah. a questions brown 
Um, <laughs> sorry. It's not a serious question, but I just got to ask it because it, it was very cute to me. And I, I want to know, did you call it Menzies at one point? And yes. I love that. Like, that's such a, like, I'm going to use that now. Is that a thing? Like, you just call it Menzies? Yeah, it's a thing. It's like okay. a plural, right? Yeah. You know what boggles my mind, Vanessa? I don't know about you, but like as a 26-year-old woman, like going through this experience, it became very apparent to me that I know very little about my own body and like exactly. what, a, what a hormonal cycle is. And like all of the, I'm like, I've been experiencing this like on and off for the last like X amount of years of my life. Like <laughs> Every wow. month. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know more about this. And when you look into it, it's like learning a language that you're not, you haven't been speaking. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it on our last podcast, soon to be released. But uh, yeah. Mahan just asked me questions about it, basically. And I was like, yeah. I didn't know till I looked into it. And my God, and I'm I'm 34. Well, I guess like I started looking into it a couple of years ago, but still it was like, and the amount of conversations I have with clients who were like, what? And like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that is... Um, yeah, it's wild. And it just shows like how shitty our educational system is truly. And like society at large, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. There's so much it's yeah. Is there anything in particular that like blew your mind? Well, like a lot of people, unfortunately, if, if they don't know, um, they lose their period and they're like, yes, sweet. I don't have to have my period anymore. How convenient. That's awesome. Right. Um, and that's huge. Like, you know, your menstrual cycle is like your report card from your body, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, uh, like that's a a topic that we could definitely delve into a little bit, but yeah, menstrual cycle and, um, female health knowledge in general is just like, so lacking. It's crazy. Yeah. That was just a, a big surprising thing for me that I was like, oh, wow. I feel like I should know so much more about this part of me because this is I am I am a woman <laughs> you know um, yeah. but I just felt not failed by the system but a little bit <laughs> yeah Sometimes, definitely like <laughs> Vanessa and I talked about it I was just like what like it, it's the reason I want to like I, I want to ask some questions is like I figured out that like even my clients didn't know much about that I was like and like it's and you know you said like the systems failed you i feel like it has because like there were things that i knew and they didn't know and i'm like why wow. like i'm happy that yeah. i know this but also like it's so bad that like you don't mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. just like the, the man this... doesn't want us to be connected to our bodies it's okay that, that, I, i'd complain about this last time as well like it's it's such a like it's not a condition, but even if it, let's say it's, if it was a condition, it's one of the, like the oldest things that has been happening to human like race since the beginning of time. And it occurs for millions or like, wait, how many, what's the population of the earth? I don't know. Like oh. a, a crazy number of women on a very regular basis. Why do we not talk about this? Like it, it happens more than Corona does on like mm-hmm. just number wise. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. why do we like we know so many things like wash your hands for 20 seconds and sing happy birthday twice, <laughs> but we don't even know like about like how it affects your BMR, right? Like like <laughs> having like you burning more calories at certain stages, like this happening, that happening. Yeah. 
we're taught to hide it. It's this thing that we're taught to hide and not talk about. Nobody, nobody talk about it. You know, it's this, it's still it's like this a thing. shameful thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like but not so shameful, sex, right? but like, but like, y- y- like you just don't talk about it. Or like, if you do, then it's just like, especially if you talk about it, I find to like, I wouldn't talk about it to a guy, first of all, but like, if I was going to, it would just be like, they don't know what to do with that because they don't experience it right mm-hmm. um so it's like they get awkward or maybe they're uninformed mm-hmm. not saying everyone but and then- I treat it as like my job to tell my partner yeah. about it <laughs> like just say no because like, <laughs> like I but I you know I've been with him forever and like I didn't mm-hmm. do this in the beginning of our relationship I was like I'd hide it and try to be really cute and, nah, nah, nah. and then it was like now that we live together especially it's like Hey, buddy, <laughs> I'm crying today. Get the tampons, get out of the house. You know? Yeah, my back fucking hurts. Why would you do? I have my period, you know, like I just yeah. I've gotten a lot more comfortable about that because I feel like it's like kind of my job to like educate him on that stuff. Mm. Um, and that's like the hard part about it. Right. Like we feel as women like I shouldn't have to like teach somebody about this. I barely know about it. Um, mm. And the same thing could be said about sex. Right. But it's like it's this, it's, we all got to like help each other out. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a part of life. That's why we're all sitting here talking right now. So Mm -hmm. it's not that crazy and weird and, um, it shouldn't be hidden as much, but, um, I'm just going to say this and I'm going to say this as a guy, it shouldn't be hidden at all because, because if us men bled from our penis (laughs) once a month, everyone would know about oh you'd be so annoying it would be (laughs) like it would be part like the biggest part of your education system like (laughs) i would it would it would so true people in government would like take the weekend yeah like it would be like like... (laughs) it's like it would affect everything so true yeah yeah absolutely like (laughs) we would even have like different seats on the on the uh, public transport you know just to make it more comfortable for us yeah <laughs> but the, and the big thing about losing your period you know it's like that's a it's a definite sign that either you know stress is too high food is too little there's a like a lot of different reasons for it but it's basically your body saying we can't dictate energy to this anymore because there's not enough energy coming in so shut down reproduction mm-hmm. and that's and the same thing with hunger too right like a lot of people are like oh well i'm not hungry until 1 p.m so i don't eat until 1 p.m and that's fine if you want to do fasting do fast like whatever but i often tell people if you're in a stressed state you might not feel actual like physical hunger you might not feel like the the stomach gurgling or like whatever right so um just like understanding this stuff i think can help a lot um, and I don't think there's an ideal like state to be in, but just, um, like just recognizing those signs and getting help if you need it, um, is really important. Yeah. Like some, like example I give for that is like, especially I love the fact that you said stress, high amounts of stress, right? Mm-hmm. High amounts of stress equals fight or flight, right? If I'm running away from a predator, I'm not going to halfway through tonight. I didn't have breakfast today morning. Like my yeah. brain is just shutting ooh, that part hungry. out. Right. Yeah. It's like, ooh, like I wish I could like snack on something while this <laughs> like wolf pack is chasing me. Right. Yeah. So like high amounts of stress does that to your body. It just shuts those systems down. It's like you are in a fight or flight state. Yeah. It's funny. It's so hard to ask somebody because on my intake form, you might be the same Mahan. Um, 
is on a scale of one to 10, how stressed would you say you are? Where are your stress levels? A lot of people don't know how stressed they are. They can't put a number to it. So I've like, I still ask the question, but then when I'm actually talking to them, I'm like, how stressed would your partner say that you are or somebody else in Mm. your life, like other people? Um, because, and like, I had a a girl, she was like, she works like four jobs and like one of the jobs is shift work. So she works night shifts and she's got three pets and like, there's so much, she's starting a business and there's so much going on in her life. And she rated her stress at like two. And I'm like, two, that's amazing. That's like, I'm sitting on a beach at two, you know? I'm like, what would your partner say? And she's like, oh, my partner would say I'm like a 10 or 11. I'm like, yeah, you know? So like, it's, it's, it's very hard for us to gauge our, our internal, like these, these internal things. Right. I think this goes into like everything that we're saying. Um, or people will be like, oh, I'm not like, life is fine. I've got a job. I got a roof over my head. I got food in my fridge. So like, I'm not stressed, you know, but like, like what's your past like like there's so much and like that's not a question that I would necessarily ask but I'm just saying like there's there's so much just because there aren't immediate threats that you can like pinpoint doesn't mean that you aren't living with anxiety or whatever you know it's a pandemic you know like there's a a lot of people are very very stressed and can't gauge it yeah and like also one thing that I kind of think of like because when you say stress people think like just emotional like mental or psychological like physical stress environmental stress like like emotional stress psychological stress like so there's so many different things like and they all go into the same bucket right that's Uh, so important is that you like you just said they all go into the same bucket our body has no idea the difference between stress like you getting chased by a lion is perceived the exact same way as you being in a starved state or you overtraining or you getting fired from your job like body cannot tell the difference between those things it's just the stress is funneled inside and that's like it comes back to okay like what is our body doing oh it's shutting down the menstrual cycle or blah 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 blah. it's like sure maybe I'm eating enough calories now but like I'm stressing over other things so it's like am I taking care of stress globally Mm -hmm. like what can I do to bring that stress down Mm -hmm. yeah like the um, shout out Casey, uh, Mighty Mouse on Instagram. Like she made this post that I love. Like she was having issues with her gut health, right? And like mm-hmm. it, and to use Matt's terminology, a trainer would just be like, "Eat this, like probiotic, like thing, 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 blah, blah, blah." Like just very surface level. And then she was like, "Oh, I'm having gut issues." And then she was tackling like six different things, right? She was like, "I'm making sure my like." screen time is low i'm making sure like i have time to like reflect and relax and meditate like now i'm making sure the food so i'm looking at my food i'm looking at like things that are like um social increased. health yeah That's social health. forget about a lot yeah. yeah do i have good meaningful relationships with people like there's like seven eight different things that were just like all of them could be the causes of her stress and like probably inflammation and that's how what had affected her gut health and then that's another source of source of stress that's going into this is like uh i love the word the mads use is global and it just feeds into each other like one source of stress can be the beginning but then it can become a byproduct of another source of stress and let's just go into like it's ouroboros snake kind of thing that just feeds into each other so to figure that out she was actually like bringing all of these stresses down right she wasn't just yeah. like tackling oh i'm just like it's work i'm gonna go and talk to someone 
it's it's almost like our brain and our bodies and our souls are just one system <laughs> you know <laughs> shocking right yeah you know, it is though sometimes yeah. it's, like we, it's like we forget totally but also like that the body and the brain can be doing and saying different things you know like yes it all is all one system but like sometimes the brain says yes and the body says no you know and i've, mm-hmm. I've said that on the podcast before but um yeah or just even the stress of like, you know, for somebody who has a past with disordered eating, like thinking about your next meal could be yes. extremely stressful. Going out to a restaurant could be extremely stressful. Um, but for them, they're like, no, my life is good. I went to a restaurant with my friends, like, you know, externally all looks good on paper, but that like that mm-hmm. internal struggle that you're going through on a daily basis, um, that can be causing you stress. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So where are you at now with your journey, do you think? Um, like a word or like a sentence. Okay, so there's this phrase that is said by this lady. Her name is Joyce Meyer, so I can't take credit for this. But it's, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Hmm. Um, I, I still struggle with a lot of things that we've talked about. I don't like to identify someone with an eating disorder, but I have disordered eating behaviors. And what that means is that I still, um, I'm spending a lot of mental and emotional energy focused on things that would be like tracking, weighing all of my food. Um, and like, I do struggle to eat certain foods that are outside of my comfort zone. Um, but I am finding ways of like challenging Like when I have certain macros before I used to eat only certain foods, same food every single day, but like I'm recognizing as time goes on that like I can swap out some foods for other things and like I can still hit the same macros and like that's totally cool. Um, Like I just told myself for so long that I don't like avocados just because they like they they're like it's a fatty food, right? But it's good fat. Like I know that I know this, like I know this. But it's like, I told myself, I don't like a lot of food just because mentally, like I wasn't, I didn't feel safe eating them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm coming to this point in my journey where like, sorry, journey. Yes. Yes. It's a journey. <laughs> it just, it, I know what you mean. <laughs> I have the same struggle with that word, but I'm like, oh, but it's the only word. It's so good. I know. It's like, what else can you use? Because <laughs> you know what? Life's it's a progress. Like we're in progress anyways. Oh, so it's like, I am still learning about myself and my triggers, if you will, things that like make me feel comfortable along the way, because I think that's what it is. It's about challenging myself to grow, but also recognizing what is going to add into that stress funnel, that global stress funnel, and what is going to be unproductive to a certain degree. So it's like, um, I'm, yeah. So (laughs) Like I said, I am collecting a lot of metrics and sometimes I have a really good time with that in the sense that like sometimes I'll step on the scale and I'll be like, you know what, cool, I'm up from yesterday, but like that's kind of like what we're expecting right now maybe and also like fluctuations, I didn't sleep so much so I'm like having a lot of more, having a lot more grace for myself when it comes to those things but I also really do struggle to like go out like I'm not in a position where I could go out to any restaurant 
and order what I actually wanted on the menu without having like looked at it before planned out the rest of my day around it. Like, like I couldn't go to the keg and just order a steak and I don't that I wanted because I don't know how much butter they've cooked it in. Like, I just don't feel comfortable. And hearing myself say that out loud is like, it makes me sad a little bit. And I, I won't lie, but I also recognize that I've come so far in the past eight months that like, I wouldn't even eat, like, I couldn't even eat peanut butter, which is like my favorite food without like this fear of being taken into like this uncontrollable binge where I would sit and eat the whole jar because I didn't know how to have some without all mm-hmm. and it's like I'm finding ways to work foods into my life that I really enjoy and like just try to look at things in less black and white see the color enjoy food again um enjoy exercise again I think that's been a, a huge thing is not looking at it as just like a means of um therapy you know which I think there's a time and place where it's like it can be therapeutic but not looking at it like objectively like I'm gonna run because I I can't face my feelings it's like no I'm I'm working out because I feel good and I want to do this with my body not because I feel like I have to burn off the food I ate you know yeah I get so many clients asking me like oh my apple watch told me how many calories I burnt in this workout do you want to know I'm like no I'm good. We don't need to know. Or, or if they're tracking their food on my fitness pal, Oh, do I put in my exercise as well to like, no, no. Just cause I feel like that's just such a slippery slope. Cause I used to do that too. I used to be like, well, I ate this. So therefore I have to go and run now or, you know, and it's like, it's, I like to leave it separate, you know, it's, and yeah, the food that we eat is fueling our lives and then all of that. I, and I love what you said about the keg though, you know, because I think that with anything, any quote unquote journey. Uh, it's all about that, right? Like just being like, I know I'm not there yet, but it's something I'd like to be, but just being and having grace and compassion for yourself when you're in this process, because I think for myself too, like a lot of times I've been like, I I choose to change something. And then I'm like really pissed off that I'm not amazing at it. Like the next day. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh wait, I get to fail at this. I get to move forward and take a step back and I get to practice doing this, I'm not going to wake up the next day and suddenly be perfect at it. It's going, it might be something that I, um, that I go back and forth with, you know, I might have a bad day and then a good day and then a couple bad days. And just giving yourself that kind of kindness, I think is like so essential to any healing journey of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, sorry, I just had this like weird revelation moment when I, I don't know, like, Today's happening a lot with Matt's talking. Because um, I went through this moment of like, you know, when you understand something and fully comprehend it, right? Like I understood, like when Matt's was like, yeah, I know avocado is good for you. And I like, it's good fats. And like, I know, I know, but, but, right. And before I could understand, like people say that and I could understand, but I couldn't fully comprehend or connect to it. And just now I just like went back to my childhood. Like you guys just kicked me back to like past. And I realized that I have had this, but not with like fats and stuff like that. I, when I was a kid, my mom would like, cause we, we would go, sorry, this is a little bit of uh, again, Mahan's going through a whole story that will make sense at the end, but let's do it. 
our friends were like they lived in the south so we would go like in the south is like a big sea so like whenever we went to the south like there was a lot of seafood and because seafood is good for you my my mom was like would always try to encourage us to eat and we didn't so she would force us to eat seafood so that just built this really bad relationship that i have with seafood right to the point and this is where like kind of kind of connected to mads with this i started disliking seafood so much that it would make me sick right and i remember i lived in brighton which is south like again south of london is close to the sea so like i was in this restaurant with my friends and i had ordered chicken right and i knew i'm eating chicken like it's chicken i'm eating it and then my friend was like oh mohan can i try your chicken and he knew he knew that i didn't like fish he had a bite and then he goes like wait this is fish and i know i exactly knew like this was not fish but i just couldn't finish eating it anymore like that mindset just kicked in. It just that, that so it wasn't. Thought. It wasn't fish. He just it wasn't it fish. Was. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't even think it was. He thought it was a good joke to tell me that because he knew mm-hmm. I hate fish so much, and I I had ate half of it. I was hundred percent sure that this is chicken. But the moment he yeah. said that, my walls like I just shut it out. I was like, "Fuck!" Our I bodies sick. store this stuff and right? remember it. Right? It's like when you when you drink way too much of a certain alcohol and you're like, "I will never touch polarized <laughs> yeah. vodka ever again," because your yeah. body like stores that. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm a huge believer in that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so now I can understand that. Like even even though you know that like yeah, alcohol is good for you and it's good fast and stuff like that, it's so hard to let go of that habit because like it's, it's it's so ingrained in you and it's like. The, the again what shallow said like psychology over physiology something like that i keep exactly something like, that, yeah. something like around that like so i can totally see why like mads you would be like yeah even though i know it's good for me i can't like your brain just takes over and your body just rejects it mm-hmm. well and it's like um this is a little bit different but i keep thinking about it like how people like demonize processed foods right it's like eat only whole foods and it's processed foods are junk it's garbage or like labeling food as junk you know it's very problematic because somebody trying to gain weight might need to add processed foods into their diet so that they can get the calories you know and so like demonizing those things or saying like you can only eat clean in order to you know like it's just like a it's a super weird world out there with food and language and the internet and and all of that and um I think we've all been black and white about things, you know, and, and now we're older and wiser and we're kind of like learning to dabble in the gray areas a little bit because, uh, cause that's like what it's all about, you know, mm-hmm. or somebody recently started putting, um, uh, some internet person, they were like, you know, he- they put quotes around healthy fats. And I really love that they put quotations around the word healthy, because again, it's like to say like an avocado is a healthy fat than anything else is not healthy. You know, it's just like a, it's like a, what is healthy? It's all relative, right? Yeah. Like what is healthy for you might not be healthy for somebody else and, and all of that, the nuance, right? Mm-hmm. So important in context. Language, language is powerful. Yeah. That's why the internet's a dangerous place, kids. Okay. <laughs> well, this was lovely. Yeah. This was great. Best friends. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Anything else you want to end off with? Are we going to end it right there? Thank you for visiting us on Zoom. Yeah. Oh, the same time for both of you, but yeah, of course. I know it's nighttime there too. I keep forgetting that whenever I talk to Mahan over in the UK. I also fully expected you to have a British accent. 
and I forgot that you moved from Canada. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's not happening. <laughs> she has so, British intonations, though. Now she's picking I it up. Do. I bet. I, I bet. do at times. Yeah. But <laughs> no, we'll be back home before I can adopt an accent, which is fine with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys moving back to Canada? That's, um, well, we'll figure it out as we go. I, let's just say we don't plan to be here in 2023. Ooh, we don't know out. what our next move is, but yeah, we're we're just taking things as they come because the what if game doesn't get anyone anywhere good anytime fast. So yeah, I love that. I think that's a well, good note to end it on. The what if totally. game. Totally. And I wrote down that quote that you said too, of not where I want to be, but, um, yeah, it was lovely to meet you. And I'm so, uh, thank you so much for sharing everything that you did about your story and, and coming on here to chat. And, um, I think people are going to get a lot out of this episode and, uh, yeah, I don't know you, but like, I'm so happy that you've got backs and your life. And like, I'm, I'm just really happy for, for you. It's, it's, um, it's not easy work and you're doing it. And, yeah thank great. you so much for yeah. giving me the space and time and just lovely to meet you and of course Mohan always great to see you <laughs> but, no, I just really appreciate it thank you for uh popping my podcast cherry as well so oh great <laughs> take that as a W for the day now you can ring the gong Mohan yeah. now you can ring yeah. it <laughs> here, here, the noise. don't worry here I got you awesome there you okay. go. oh perfect all right guys well let's cut this one here we'll yeah. stop recording and we'll hang out a little bit thank you so much for listening if you're listening exactly. future people yeah thank you for listening to into the blue peace out peace <laughs>